that basic approach works most of the time for everyone at first, meaning eat less, move more, right? Mm -hmm. These days, that's what everyone tells you to do. But eventually- that's going to stop working. And mm-hmm. so I actually say that just eating less is not the solution. My goal has always been you should try and get through your transformation if you want to burn body fat. You mm-hmm. know, you want to rev up your metabolism to lose unwanted pounds and inches. The goal should always be to do that eating as much as you possibly mm-hmm. can versus as little as you possibly can. The dieting industry has made us believe the only way to lose pounds, inches, or speed up our metabolism and, you know, build muscle mass is to eat less. And that's just not the truth. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and I'm so glad you're here because today we have an amazing show with an amazing guest talking about reverse dieting. Now, here's the deal. We don't talk a lot about dieting, even though this is a health show and I am a nutritionist. But here's what I know. Dieting hasn't worked long-term for the majority of the people for the majority of diet history. I know we will all want it to be true, because you want to be healthy. But I wanna teach you here on the podcast how to do that, not because you hate where you are, which could be true, but because health is inside of you and I wanna show you how to live that out. Yes, you were made for living well. It's not something you have to chase down or try to find, but it's understanding how your body works so you can live that out. And today on the show, I invited Ashley Fillmore on to talk about reverse dieting and also metabolic damage. Now, again, I think there's a lot of aspects to health, but still, we have to take care of our body in order to fully thrive. And today, I'm honored to have an expert in the field come on and talk about all things health and nutrition and really diving into what do you do when you feel like nothing's working. Now, today, as I mentioned, we have Ashley Fillmore on. Ashley is a leading expert in sustainable weight loss who helps women heal their metabolism, balance their hormones, and achieve body composition changes that last a lifetime. She is the founder and president of Metabolic Fix, which is a premium online coaching company that has helped thousands of women finally break free of chronic dieting for good and achieve long-term sustainable results using the Metabolic Fix method. She has a deep commitment to helping women better their lives, and she inspires others to embrace a life of health, happiness, and self-love that they deserve. You can learn more about Ashley at purefitstudio.com and find out more about what she does, the services she offers, and so much more. And as always, don't forget to head to The Living Well. I have all of the links that you need over there to find out more about Ashley. And also I talk a little bit more about reverse dieting and how to put it into practice in your everyday life. So make sure you head on over to thelivingwell.com. While you're there, you're going to want to sign up for my email list called the weekly fill. Now, It just got rebranded. I'm so pumped to be sharing some brand new things to expand on reverse dieting, not only to have encourage you to dive into Ashley's work, but in the coming weeks, I'm going to be offering a workshop that is the psychology of eating, teaching you how to do the things you actually know you should. 
Because at the end of the day, a lot of the times, it's not just more knowledge that you need. It's an understanding of how to work with your body and how to change your mind so that you can actually take action in a healthy direction. Now, again, you can get all of that by signing up for the weekly fill over at thelivingwell.com. Now today, I wanna get right to the show with Ashley and welcome her here. Don't forget, if you love the show, make sure you share it with your friends and family. It means the world to me. And also give Ashley some love by finding her on Instagram and following her at her website, purefitstudio.com. Okay, let's get right to the show and welcome Ashley. Welcome to the show, Ashley. I'm excited to have you on today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Well, this is a long time in the making. People don't always (laughs) see that side of podcasting, but I have been wanting to have you on because I want to talk about metabolic damage and this concept of reverse dieting, which is so impactful, especially as I think people are kind of wearing out in the wellness space. In fact, I was reading a book just this week that was, I think it just came out. It's called The Gospel of Wellness. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I think it's a newer book, but it was, there was one quote in there that I read that said the, um, the wellness space is unwell. And I was like, it's so true of like, it's not well, and there's so many ideas. And so today let's dive right into metabolic damage because people have all kinds of questions about metabolism. What is metabolic damage? So maybe just define in your words, what is metabolism? How can we understand this? And where does metabolic damage come into that picture? Yeah. Yeah. So before I dive into answering your question, just so your audience understands a little bit of my background, my company, Metabolic Fix, we focus specifically on helping women heal their metabolisms, balance their hormones, and sustainably, that's the key word here, sustainably reach their goals. For some people, it may be weight loss, fat loss, body composition goals, or quite honestly, they just want to feel better. They Mm want to have better energy. They want to be able to eat their foods without eat their meals without feeling so restricted. They don't want to feel like a prisoner to a diet. Mm -hmm. And so really the work I do focuses in on eating better, exercising in a healthy and sustainable way. And a big part of that for the average woman is healing their metabolism. Mm -hmm. So a big reason on why, you know, for example, uh, a lady in today's current times, isn't losing weight, isn't seeing great results, even though they're doing everything right, is because their metabolism is not healthy. And so I always like to keep things simple so anyone can understand them. When I think of metabolism and when I'm talking to my clients about their metabolism, I try to explain it in a way that makes sense. And I always tell them that it is pretty much the powerhouse behind controlling how your body utilizes energy, the calories you consume. But it's also very connected to your hormones and there's a big hormonal component as well. And a lot of times when we start talking hormones or or metabolism, the average person is like, what are you talking about? What is that even? mean to me and why is it important? And unfortunately, when you are chronically crash dieting, you know, chronically eating under your BMR, doing really restrictive things to to lose weight, yo-yo dieting for years, your metabolism can Mm downregulate, just like your metabolism can upregulate. So metabolic damage is a term we like to use, but really it's more metabolic adaptation. It can upregulate or it can Mm -hmm. downregulate. And with chronically dieting, what we see a lot is the downregulation. So your body 
isn't burning calories efficiently anymore. Your body is storing body fat. It's almost going into starvation mode because you're not eating enough. It's going to conserve more energy versus mm-hmm. allowing you to burn that energy. And your body's going to likely hold on to more body fat during that time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's such a great picture about what metabolism really is, because like you said, it's not necessarily just damage, but it's adapting because of that homeostatic process that our body is trying to maintain. Now, when we really look at it, I know a lot of people are like, okay, but dieting, you know, this is what I hear all the time. I want to fix my metabolism and dieting feels like the only way, because if I eat less than I burn... I'll eventually lose weight. What do you say to that argument? Right. Well, you know what? I think that basic approach works most of the time for everyone at first, meaning eat less, move more, right? Mm -hmm. These days, that's what everyone tells you to do. But eventually- that's going to stop working. And Mm -hmm. so I actually say that just eating less is not the solution. My goal has always been, you should try and get through your transformation. If you want to burn body fat, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to rev up your metabolism to lose unwanted pounds and inches. The goal should always be to do that eating as much as you possibly Mm -hmm. can versus as little as you Mm -hmm. possibly can. The dieting industry has made us believe the only way to lose pounds, inches, or speed up our metabolism and, you know, build muscle mass is to eat less. And that's just not the truth. Mm -hmm. I've seen it now for over 15 years practicing. This has been my only career since college. And then I know for myself, sure. Now, is there an and I know you know this already, but yes, is it, it's there's definitely if you want to lose weight, you do need to be in a caloric deficit. But here's the question: What happens when you are in that deficit and you're not losing weight? Yeah, a lot of people think I should cut back more. If I'm eating 1,200 calories, mm-hmm. maybe I'll go back to a thousand. But that's not the solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So the concept is you have the whole concept of a reverse dieting. Can you fill us in on what that is and why that's beneficial? Yeah. So I love taking clients through reverse diets and I've actually put myself through one. So, you know, a lot of my passion for the work that I do is one to help my clients transform, but I had to transform myself as well. Yeah. And a big, and a, Big thing I really struggled with in my space, you know, being a nutrition coach and a certified personal trainer is I really struggled silently for many years. And I was really afraid to ever talk about my dieting struggles. And to be totally honest with you, I was embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. Like, how does this (laughs) certified trainer with like college degrees in this struggling with all of these issues? So I, I did struggle for years silently. One of the biggest things that happened to me is I hit a wall. So Mm -hmm. I hit that dead end road. I was Mm -hmm. eating 1200 calories under my basal metabolic rate. So BMR, I was working out multiple times a day, pretty much doing all of those things. And I was not seeing great results. My Mm -hmm. hormones hit rock bottom. My metabolism was not healthy. And so I had to put myself through a reverse diet. And Mm -hmm. so I've experienced this as well, but I've also helped tons of women go through successful 
reverse dieting phases. Mm -hmm. So I like to look at a reverse diet when we talk about it just being in simple terms as you are strategically and intentionally increasing your calories to get back up to maintenance. So we all have a basal metabolic rate. That's your BMR. You're going to hear people talk about that. You could actually type into Mr. Google and, you know, get somewhere in the ballpark, right? But then we also have a TDEE. And that TDEE is how many calories we need to eat every single day to support our body and maintain our current weight and body composition. Your exercise goes into that number, how active you are. But with the BMR, that's more based off of just basic, you know, your height, your weight. Mm -hmm. So we have the BMR and the TDEE. When you want to do a reverse diet, that's a big question is when should I do one? When would I want to do one? It would be when you have been chronically under eating under that TDEE. It doesn't necessarily have to be below your BMR, but maybe you've just been dieting for 15, 10, 15 years. Maybe you've been dieting for three or five years. You're not eating at your BMR, but you're still chronically dieting and you're not seeing results. That would be a great candidate for a reverse diet. And then if you're eating under your BMR, you know, you, that's a huge red flag that you definitely need to reverse diet as well. But a reverse diet is when you are intentionally increasing your calories over a period of time. There's a lot of things that we should take into consideration. So it shouldn't be a, okay, I'm eating 1200 calories, but I need to be eating 1800 go up overnight, but you slowly want to get to maintenance. That should be, you know, homostasis for you. And that means once you hit maintenance that you have completed the reverse diet. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So in the reverse dieting, do you actually see metabolism start to upregulate, like to increase a little bit? Or what are you finding with that? Yeah. So I'm actually seeing things go in a couple different directions. And this is always the thing that I love so much about the amount of years I've been doing this is how much experience and hands-on, like, you know, when I'm looking at my clients, I can go through data from years of just collecting my clients' progress. So I'm seeing a couple of things. There is group A, meaning as soon as we start to increase their calories and we're doing this in a very intentional way, we're being very careful with where those calories are coming from, they'll start losing weight. So it's almost like their body is like thanking them for the calories. Like, thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're giving me what I need. So there's that group of people. And I would say 50% or a little more from the women I work with will respond very positively to that. Mm -hmm. But then also there's a group of ladies that will gain a little bit of weight. Mm -hmm. And so the thing with the reverse diet is if you gain a little bit of weight, that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It can be a part of the process as you are increasing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it depends on the individual, but the end game is to help you upregulate your metabolism. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think what we have such a bad view of in the health space is this concept that anytime we gain weight, it's the end of the world, right? Like our body is against us. It's this villain. But in some cases, that's really necessary for the process of healing. And sometimes it takes gaining a little bit of weight, either one, to actually get healthy because our view of what a healthy weight is maybe isn't always accurate. But two, sometimes Mm -hmm. in the process, it can help us upregulate our metabolism, our hormones start to regulate a little bit, and then in time, see that weight come back off. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, the viewpoint of weight is probably a little outside of the reality of what is actually healthy for the majority of us. Right. Yeah. Right. You, I totally agree. It's like, what are we looking at as healthy? And that can be a whole nother discussion. Yeah. Are we looking on Instagram or a magazine cover? Are we finding some lady that weighs insert whatever number and we think, okay, if I want to be healthy, I have to weigh that much too. And I do think that, you know, a big part of the work that I'm doing and the work that you're doing too, is to help our clients understand that, you know, like you said, sometimes gaining weight isn't a bad thing. It's a part of healing your body. It's a part of healing your metabolism, your hormones, your relationship with food. Yeah. And yes, as you heal yourself, if you have body composition goals and you're in a great place, mm-hmm. you can definitely work towards those goals in a healthy and sustainable way. But there's so much more to our health than just that number on the scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think when we so focus on that number on the scale, we're constantly trying to be in that fat loss mode, right? Like we're constantly pushing our body into this kind of extreme deficit. But that's not a great space to be in all the time either. Can you explain why we wouldn't want to live in continuous fat loss mode and what else there is besides yeah. that, you know? Yeah. And the scary thing is that so many people are living oh, there. Yeah. It's almost like they don't know how to not live in fat loss mode. They're right. always dieting or if they're not dieting, it's the total opposite end of the spectrum and they're doing nothing. And that's normal. It's the all or nothing. I used to do the exact same thing. But unfortunately, when you are in a deficit year round, you're never taking diet breaks. You're never going back to maintenance. You're never just giving your body a break. That is when your metabolism will start to downregulate. If you're not careful about how you're going through this fat loss phase or this never ending fat loss mm-hmm. phase, you can also start to lose muscle mass, which is going to lower your metabolic rate even more. And honestly, for your mental health, you need a break. Mm-hmm. Constantly focusing on fat loss is no way to live your life every yeah. single day. And I know I've been there before. It it just consumed me mm-hmm. all of my time, all of my energy. I was obsessed with my food and my workouts, and I really struggled to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it should be a permanent phase. Fat loss phase is something that we, if you want to work through it, work through it, focus in on a healthy and sustainable fat loss phase. If your metabolism is healthy enough to do that, if your metabolism is not healthy enough, hitting the pause button doing a reverse diet, getting your metabolism healthy is what you need to do, which then will allow you longer term to be able to reach your goal sustainably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you give us an idea of what each of these phases would look like? Because I think sometimes like when I say fat loss date, and then we have like the maintenance phase, like what does that look like to be in a difference? Like how would one determine what state that they're they're in? Yeah, that's a great question. And so I like to progress clients through three phases of transformation. Mm -hmm. And the final phase is really leading into maintain and sustain, as I like to call it, which is really like your lifelong maintenance. Mm -hmm. So phase number one being the repair phase. That's where you're going to be working on healing your metabolism, balancing out your hormones, establishing a solid foundation, just with your exercise, your Mm -hmm. overall healthy lifestyle habits. Most people, now I say 
most because there are some outliers. If you have extreme metabolic damage or there's other chronic health problems or other things you're going through, it can prolong the period. But typically most women will get through that phase within three to six months. Now, again, if Mm -hmm. you are chronically eating under your BMR, it can take longer. There are women that has worked on healing their metabolism right now in my program. And they just completed that full phase. And it's been a year. Yeah. It took me a year Mm -hmm. because I struggled so much with eating more. I could not for the life of me, get my calories up. It took so long Mm -hmm. for me to be able to do that, that it stretched out to a year. Yeah. But If you are able to implement all of the suggestions and tips and the metabolic damage is not too severe, I'd say about three to six months, and that would be pretty aggressive. Mm -hmm. The rebuild phase is the second phase, and that's when you're at maintenance, and that's where you're eating at your TDEE, so you're not in a deficit, Mm -hmm. so you should be eating plenty. You are, you know, continuing to rock your workouts. You're working on your mindset. You're making sure that you have a really rock solid foundation because the the final phase is going to be the results phase. Mm. Most women want to start there. They want to immediately go right (laughs) into the results. But here's the thing. Most women are not ready for it. Mm. And so they need to do some work. And one of the categories I just mentioned before even getting to the results phase, but the results phase, most women, depending on how aggressive they want to be, should be able to complete that fat loss phase within a six month period. If not, depending on how much they have to lose. If you have 30 pounds to lose, I wouldn't say setting six-month goal would be necessarily realistic. I think giving your body more time. The thing that we need to pause and think about when it comes to fat loss phases is what else in your life is going to have to change for you to reach that goal. Mm. So typically, if you have an aggressive weight loss goal, you're going to have to change your relationship with food, your day-to-day habits, the way you move your body. Those are not things that you're going to be able to do overnight if you're looking for a sustainable transformation. You can white knuckle your way through anything temporarily, mm-hmm. but if you're going for longer term, lasting, lifelong transformation, as you should be, that should be the end goal for all of us. Mm-hmm. You have to work on habits that maybe you've had for your whole life. Right. And so the end result is maintain and sustain. Mm-hmm. And that's where you've reached your goal. But here's the thing. After you go through that fat loss phase, you should be going back up to maintenance. You should not stay in that deficit yeah. forever. Yeah. And I love that you have that system laid out so clearly because like you said, so many people just jump to the results phase without doing like the re what did you call the first two phases? Um the repair. So that's repair. when you're healing your body yeah. and rebuild. And rebuild. And I had I just had another podcast on the show that was just talking so much about the importance of that re-nourishing, refeeding rebuilding, repairing our body. And we want to skip all of that, but we really can't get healthy and get our body to do what it wants if we don't do those things and at least not keep it off, right? And I think what's so deceiving about the health space is that you could probably jump to the results phase, get some results, but are they really going to last? You know, like, or is your body just going to go fall back into its old patterns because those patterns have kept you safe. So I think like, I don't want people to miss that, like that, that repair stage. What in the repair stage is so important for someone to do? Like what there 
I know, and I don't want you to give away all your secrets or, or tips, but like what there specifically are you working to do? Yeah, no. And I don't mind giving it away because if it could help someone truly, yeah. I mean, I've been in that place myself. I'm, I'm so happy mm-hmm. to help anyone. And honestly, I would say when I really look at the repair phase, the most important thing is if a client needs to go through a reverse diet, that the reverse diet where you're nourishing your body, fueling your body, mm-hmm. increasing your calories, but in a way that's really supporting your goals is key. And then if there's any underlying hormonal issues, making sure you get that identified. You know, we can sit here all day and guess symptoms and, you know, do yeah, you check right. this box, but actually having some testing done to confirm if there is a problem or not there. A lot of times, sometimes there's no problem. Yeah. Sometimes it's simply you're just chronically under eating and you need to eat more. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, if you skip to the results phase and you haven't completed the repair phase, you're not going to see a successful transformation. And there's a really high probability that you are not seeing results already from what mm-hmm. you're doing. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, you know, you go into wanting to try something new because what you're doing isn't working. Mm -hmm. Well, when we really pull back the curtain, well, if you're already eating very little and you're exercising consistently, eating less and training harder is not the solution. So the only thing to do is heal your metabolism, get your body healthy, and then go through that Mm-hmm. that results phase after you heal your metabolism by reverse dieting. Right. And that's such a critical step that can't be overlooked. So when we talk specifically just about calories, not that I believe that that's the only thing, obviously, but I think the common thought, you know, in the dieting world has especially had women somewhere around 1,200 to 1,500 calories was just really low. When yeah. we do this re- repair phase, what are you trying to work women up to? Like, I don't, I'm not saying everyone would be different, obviously, but do you have like an average just to show the difference for a woman? What that look like? So everything would be customized for that Mm -hmm. woman based off of several factors. But, you know, I will say I haven't had a lady come through my program or any of my programs, even those that are, you know, I'd say on the shorter side or even way very little that don't need more than 1700 calories for maintenance. Mm -hmm. 1200 calories is what a toddler needs. Actually, my toddler needs more than that. I have a toddler, Yeah, Um, you know, and and again, there's this huge misconception about calories and what we need. And like you said, right now, if I go into my fitness pal, if I put in lose a pound a week or lose two pounds a week, it's going to put me right around 1200 calories a day. Mm -hmm. That is literally eating nothing. Mm -hmm. And sadly, so many of us women believe that that's Mm -hmm. what we should be doing. And we feel guilty if we eat more. Mm -hmm. And I know growing up for me, My family would even joke and say, oh, Ashley, you have a really big appetite. You keep that up. You're going to gain a lot of weight when you're older. Even at a young age, I'm thinking, oh gosh, maybe I shouldn't eat this much. Mm -hmm. So it just made sense when I started dieting or crash dieting, should I say, when they're like, eat 1200 calories. Oh yeah. My whole mm-hmm. life I've been told I eat too much. So let me just scale it back. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's powerful. The words that other people have spoken over us too, which I kind of right. want to dive into the mindset of it because that is, you've mentioned that a couple of times in your phases. That's a huge part of getting healthy. What What is your take on the mindset and what do we 
need to understand in order to really embrace this idea of health? Yeah. The mindset, in my opinion, will make or break your long-term success. You Mm. can have the best coach, the best program, the best doctors. But if you're not able to go all in, lean into the process, trust the process, then you're going to always struggle. And uh, and I don't mean that in a mean way or an unkind way. I actually mean it in a really loving way. Yeah. Because typically with the dieting culture and whatever diets we've done, there's layers to all of it. Mm -hmm. Why are we dieting? Is it, is it really the weight loss or is it that we just don't feel good? We lack confidence. We don't have self good self-esteem. Is it our self-worth? Is it for someone else? Is that why we want to hit a number, you know? And then when we really start pulling it back, there's so many layers. Well, let's just say, let's assume that you're listening right now and you're thinking, no, actually for my health, for health reasons, I need to lose some weight. Mm -hmm. Well, what got you to where you are? It was probably several factors, life stress, Mm -hmm. emotional eating, which we've all dealt with at some point in our life, not knowing what to do, taking bad advice and doing bad programs. So there's so many beliefs. There's so many things that we have to work through to almost like have a clean slate and start over. The dieting culture is very all or nothing. You're either a hundred percent or zero. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times when we're not doing well on our diet, we feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. We don't feel worthy. Like we can ever stick to the program when in reality, no one can stick to that type of a program. But I do think the mindset is so hard and it's such an important part to work through. And you're right through every single phase. It's a huge focus for Mm -hmm. me because I see it being such a struggle for so many of us Mm -hmm. and so neglected as well. Yeah, You know, oh, well, you just need to eat less or you're not following the program. So that's why it's not working. Instead of pausing and saying, why are you struggling right Mm -hmm. now? You know, if your program is healthy, what, what's causing you to want to go home and drink a bottle of wine or Mm -hmm. open a whole pack of, you know, cookies and eat them Mm -hmm. all. Where's the struggle at? How can we support you, get you in a better place and give you better coping skills so these repeated things don't continue to happen? Right. Because we so often act out of just what we're thinking, like you said, and we can know it's the right path and the healthiest thing for us to do. So that doesn't mean we're going to do it because if we can't get ourselves to think ourselves into that, we'll often fall back into those old safe patterns. So I have a question. So as obviously you have people starting out in this path, right? And then they go through the repair stage and the rebuild stage, and then you get into the results phase. That's Mm a, that's a mindset shift, right? So like this whole process, you have someone coming in maybe with a dieting mindset, thinking this needs to be fast, you know, like all of the negative thought processes in the process of that, you're trying to move people through a healthier mindset. What changes in the results phase or how do you help people maintain a healthy thought pattern when they shift back into that results phase? Like how, I mean, that feels so tricky, so delicate, you know? It is very delicate. And all of the work we're doing through the repair and the rebuild phase is really prepping them for that final phase, which is where they're going to be forever. But I always tell my ladies that we're all working on ourselves. Mm -hmm. The work is never done. 
So when you approach it that way as well, there's never this goal to get to the end, like meaning, okay, I'm never going to have another mindset struggle again. I'm never going to have to address these things because that's just not the case. Mm -hmm. We all are going to go through things in life and we have to learn how to cope with them and move forward, even through our most difficult challenges. But in the results phase, the one thing that I do have to make crystal clear is that now that you're ready for let's say a fat loss phase. Mm -hmm. The goal is to eat as much as you possibly can while seeing results. We're Mm -hmm. not going to cut your calories just to cut them. We're not going to take, you know, cut your carbs to zero just because you'll get there faster. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. any coach, even a very uneducated, uh, underexperienced coach can tell you to eat less, move more, and you're going to see some initial results. Yeah. But a good coach is going to want to not only help you reach your goal, but they're going to want you to maintain it and sustain it Mm long-term. And so to do that, in my opinion, going at it in a very slow and steady, going at it very slowly and at a steady pace is really the secret versus Mm -hmm. just rushing the process. And that's hard for a lot of women when it's like, well, I thought that I should be eating way, way less now. It's like, no, you know, you are in a deficit, but again, we want you to eat as much as you can. And a lot of times we think we need to cut more calories and actually we need to dial in our sleep. We need to dial in our steps. We need to dial in our stress management because cortisol is through the roof. Mm -hmm. We need to, you know, double check our portions and make sure we're measuring our food accurately. Those are things I work on first before I even look at manipulating calories or macros. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that because we do get this very zoomed in approach to health, leaving it's just about the food that we eat, but there's so many aspects. Like I always say, it's not just what you do, but it's what your body does with what you do. It's like the conditions we've created inside of our body. What conditions are they? And that's based on all of these other lifestyle Mm -hmm. practices. What do you find people struggle with the most in those practices? You know, like what, I mean, I know that we're a zoomed in approach, but like in your client base, what are the big areas that you feel like you really help women or men to focus on? And that's created a lot of change outside of food. Right. Yeah. You know, I always say that, you know, if you're dealing, if your stress isn't dialed in your sleep or stress being dialed in as in a stress management routine, you know, you're not getting sleep, you're not drinking your water. You can, you can exercise all day long and eat nothing. And you're probably Mm -hmm. not going to see great results because those things are so important. And so I would say the biggest thing is just consistency. Mm. You know, I think it's normal to think, you know, for the first four or six weeks, the motivation's high. You're like, yes, I can drink my water. I can get my steps in. I'm, you know, doing a grateful log every night and I'm doing these things to reduce stress and I'm meditating and all of this. But as soon as life happens, immediately those things go out the door. So it's not taking on too much at first, Mm -hmm. even though you're super motivated and it feels feels natural. You know, you're excited. You're like, let's go. But in the reality, you could take on too much and it's hard to be able to check all of those things off. So I'd say consistency. And then I'd say the next thing I see, because I work primarily with women, is sleep. Mm. I work with busy moms, entrepreneurs, 
you know, just really busy women um, that are wearing a lot of hats. And the first thing they neglect is self-care and sleep. And Mm -hmm. so life gets busy. They stop sleeping. They also stop responding as well. And so they start to see issues with their body composition. Mm -hmm. They start to see that their measurements aren't going down. They're not performing well in their workouts. They need a lot of coffee to make it through the day. So I would say really focusing in on self-care and sleep and then consistency. Just don't take on too much. Start small and slowly build over time after you see that you're compliant and you can manage everything on your plate. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And those are all such big areas. And I was thinking about sleep when you were saying that. And I just read an article that was talking about how Netflix um, was talking about its biggest competition. And it wasn't HBO or Amazon. It was our sleep. And they say that they're winning the war on our sleep. Like they're they're actually competing with it. And I'm, and I'm like, it's so true. Like how quickly we can fall into those cycles of neglect for the sake of something that you know, it's kind of silly. Like, it, I mean, watching more Netflix seems silly, but it is. It's it's the neglect of the bigger issue. Even though it feels relaxing, it's maybe also damaging to our system. Now, I love Netflix, so I'm not saying that. Yeah. But I was like, how many other things in our life are actually just working against our natural patterns and what's going to make us healthy? And just creating that awareness around that to recognize that this is a whole life issue, not just a health issue. Right. I thought it was so fascinating to hear I that. I think that's so fascinating. And you're right. And terrifying to be like, wait, yeah, Netflix, terrifying. you're you're up against our sleep patterns? Like that's what right. you're competing with right now? Like, I guess oh. it makes sense. Well, I think so many of us are really juggling the wearing multiple hats throughout the oh, day. Yeah. And I think it's such a great decompress. You know, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you just want to decompress. So yeah. you can just turn on Netflix watch TV, turn off stress, zone out. And and I love Netflix too, like a lot, but I've also learned the hard way. You know, not only am I an entrepreneur, I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old daughter. And so I have to also wear the mom hat, which Mm -hmm. consumes a lot of my time and energy. Well, if I'm not taking care of myself, it's impossible for me to show up for my family, for my clients, for my business. And so the one thing I've had to learn the hard way from staying up really late because it's been the only time of day that I get for myself Yeah, is I wake up exhausted. I don't want to eat as well because I'm tired. You know, my blood sugar is wonky all day now because yeah. I'm not sleeping well. I don't want to work out. I'm hitting the snooze button and it's just like, you know, caffeine drip all day, yeah. which isn't good for the adrenals mm-hmm. and not good for anything. But I've learned that, Hey, if your health is important, this conversation we're having can even open someone's eyes to be like, wow, maybe I'm staying up too late mm. watching Netflix or not prioritizing my sleep well. You can set some new boundaries with yourself. We talk so much about boundaries with other people, but it could also be a part of you healing isn't just getting your metabolism on track through changing your eating and exercise. It could be sleeping better. It could be setting the rule or boundary that, hey, after 7 p.m., my phone's getting plugged up by 9.30, Netflix is off and lights are out or 10.30 Mm -hmm. and just set those rules with yourself so you can at least get seven to eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. Those are such good tips. What are a few other tips that you have towards metabolism of someone, you know, coming in here that has maybe been yoga diving or maybe started the year with this big resolution to lose weight? What 
what do you tell someone and what are some practical tips that they could start today? Yeah. So a couple of things. Number one, the first thing you can do is start eating a protein at every single meal. Protein is so incredibly important. Mm -hmm. It's obviously one of the essential macronutrients, but it's going to help with, you know, keeping your blood sugar stable and it's going to help keep you full throughout the day. It's such a great food group. And when we're eating enough protein, we're usually not wanting to eat as much other junk as well. So I always say add in a protein and not only that, try and eat every couple of hours. That can be a great way for you to get more calories Mm -hmm. in. If you're not used to eating a lot, then Mm -hmm. adding in big amounts of food isn't going to be really great for your body. You may actually feel really bloated, a little over full. So I'm a bigger fan for that particular individual to do more mini meals, break up the calories. That's really a great way to get in your food and also kind of reverse some of that metabolic adaptation. As we mentioned at the beginning, your metabolism can upregulate. And so these tips I'm giving you will help your metabolism upregulate. I'm also a big fan of weight training. Mm -hmm. Weight training Mm -hmm. is a wonderful way for you to add more lean muscle mass on your frame. There is a direct correlation with the more muscle mass you have, the higher your metabolic rate. So if you want to start reversing that metabolic adaptation, try and build some muscle mass. Chances are, if you have metabolic damage and you have been chronically under eating, you've lost muscle mass through that process of just Mm -hmm. chronically dieting. So trying to build some of that back. And then another tip would be just try and move your body, not in a way to burn more calories, but just leisure walking. It's great for your hormones. It's great for your mental health. Try to get outside if you can. And even if you can't lift weights right away, maybe you don't have equipment or you don't know what to do. Simply going on some walks will do wonders for your body and metabolism. Yeah. I love a good walk. (laughs) It's It's like, it's so refreshing again for my mentality and for all of I mean, my entire body in general, just to move things. I want to go back to the protein question or the statement about protein though, because I do know that, yes, we need to be eating a decent amount of protein. Women tend to struggle getting protein in their diet. I think there's some statistics or some averages that women are eating significantly less protein than they should be. How can you, or what, what are you doing to encourage women to get more protein? What does that look like? And do you think we should be supplementing with additional protein sources like a collagen or protein powder? How are you getting, what does it look like to get enough? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, I actually totally agree with everything you just said about the, you know, just how women in general aren't eating enough protein. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's something I see all the time. Almost a couple of things that I see on a regular basis, a weekly basis, chronically under eating not performing the right type of exercise and not eating enough protein Mm -hmm. for their goals. And so, you know, there's a lot of women that come into my world that are eating 40 grams of protein a day max, Mm -hmm. you know, and they don't know where to get the protein in. And so protein comes in many forms. And so that's really exciting. If you are struggling, you have a lot of options, but there's the obvious things like your chicken, your your meats and those things, seafood. But then also you can do Greek yogurt. You can do a whey protein shake. Now, here's the thing. I'm not a big fan of adding in a bunch of protein supplements like whey protein powder and protein mm-hmm. bars. But if you need to supplement maybe one max of two a day, 
we could work with that until you can get your natural protein up from whole foods. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a big fan of whole foods and I don't, and I have a shake every day, but I make sure that I'm getting a lot of protein from my meals as well. If you are chronically low on your protein, those are the, the, the cases that I'll say, Hey, just for a temporary like little amount of time, you can have two shakes because generally that client's also struggling with eating enough in general. Mm-hmm. So telling them to add in a whole foods meal of protein, it's like no way. So we'll supplement temporarily with a shake. But I'm not a big fan of having two protein bars a day, two or three shakes a day as well. Because a yeah. lot of times we're getting in a lot of processed ingredients as well in a lot of these bars and different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that isn't processed the same way as our whole food sources. Right. Could you give us a picture of like a day? What you would have to eat throughout your day to get roughly a minimum amount of protein that you would need? Like what what would a breakfast look like? What would a lunch look like? Snacks, that kind of thing. Yeah, so that, not just, to put you on the spot. That would be really oh, hard for no. me. I feel like that's an unfair question, but no, I do no, feel I like, it. you know, giving the visual of what this what a healthy amount of protein looks like. Because I think some people are like, yeah, I'm probably short on protein, but I don't know, you know, what that oh, looks yeah. like. They don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I'm looking at a client's food logs, they have no idea. They'll yeah. even say, I'm eating a ton of protein. But when yeah. I look, I don't see that. And that's an innocent mistake. They just don't mm-hmm. know. Um, I mean, I so- have a hard time getting enough protein sometimes. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, yeah. and I know how to do it. It's just... I I have to work at it still. Right. Right. Be cognizant so, of it. Right. And you have to think about it. And every mm-hmm. single time you eat, you have to ask yourself, where's my protein? Where right. like you have to train your brain because it is easier to lean more towards fats and carbs. Yeah. You know, for a lot of us. And so you do have to think about the protein. Mm-hmm. Another thing with me growing up, you know, the men in my family were the ones that ate the big steaks and the yeah. big pieces of meat right. and stuff. And I, we never did yeah. as women. And so when I got into my 20s and was eating more protein, I was like, oh, so I need to be the one with the mm-hmm. big piece of meat on my plate. Um, and if you're a vegan as well, you know, you can still work with this and get creative with, you know, making sure you're getting in your protein. But let's just say you're a woman and you need 100 grams of protein per day. Most women need at least 100 grams of protein Mm -hmm. per day. You know, when I'm just giving general information on my podcast or Instagram, I'll say, look, I don't know you. I'm not working with you personally. But, you know, most women, unless you're weighing under 100 pounds, need to eat about 100, at least 100 grams of protein per day, just for starters. So how can you get that in? So really, every single meal you consume would need to have three to four ounces of protein or at least 20 grams of protein. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're looking at. Making sure you're looking at the back of the labels, making sure that you understand how much protein is in three or four ounces of chicken. It's actually not as much as you would think. So then you're thinking, well, I'm not eating, you know, five times a day. What do I need to do then? And so for you, you could add in two snacks and those snacks could have some protein in them as well. So for example, you could start your day off with eggs, Maybe add in some egg whites to get a little more protein, have, you know, some some fruit, fresh fruit, oatmeal, something like that to balance it out, an omelet, 
work in some veggies because that's another thing that we all yeah. struggle with. <laughs> and then you can have some yogurt and maybe a little bit of berries and some nuts at lunch. You can have a salad with some lean protein, at least three to four ounces in the afternoon. If you want to have another snack or if you need to make up some protein, that would be a great time to have a shake if you didn't already have one for mm-hmm. the day. And if you, you know, make sure your protein powder at least has 20 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. I try to stay away from the protein powders that offer seven grams per scoop or 10 grams per scoop. I go for 20 plus grams. Mm-hmm. And then at dinner, you're going to do the same thing, shooting for three to four ounces of protein. Here's the thing. If you're eating a full-size chicken breast, you're probably getting more six to seven ounces of protein. Mm -hmm. And so there's a a big misunderstanding about what a serving is. A lot of times people's like, well, I ate the whole chicken breast. And I'm like, the whole chicken breast from the pack? You didn't cut it or anything? Oh, no, I ate the whole thing. That's three ounces. I'm like, no, that's probably six or seven ounces cooked. And so really you could be getting in more protein than you would realize. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with protein bars for me personally, I'm really picky, but if I do have one, you know, the RX bars are pretty clean. Mm -hmm. It's only 12 grams of protein, but if you're getting in that protein on your other meals, that's 12 grams and it can get you pretty close to that hundred gram goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great picture of what that would look like. Um, And a great goal. I mean, why is this so important in our overall health? Like the concept of getting enough protein, how is that helping us? Just so people know why they're working for this. Right. Well, it's so important just for, again, making sure that our blood sugar is stabilized, making sure we're feeling satiated and full between our meals. Mm. I know if I'm eating carb only meals, Instantly, I feel great, but within an hour or maybe not even that, my blood sugar starts to crash Mm -hmm. and I'm ready to eat again and it's typically nothing healthy. And so think about the impact that has on your overall health and well-being, not Mm -hmm. just the scale. We need to start thinking more than the number on the scale. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, there's going to be a group of health professionals still doing the crash dieting and not really focusing on wellness in the way it should be. But then there's another group of us that are really wanting to start zooming out and thinking about more than eating for fat loss. Right. Let's talk about eating for health. And then we can also talk about how weight is involved in health, but it shouldn't be your primary focus. So if you're not eating your protein, one, you're going to be really hungry. You're not going to feel great. Your energy is going to drop. You're going to be on a sugar blood sugar roller coaster, as I like to say. But then there's also a lot of research that also supports the importance of getting enough protein and maintaining your muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Now, in gaining muscle mass, I will say, and you've probably read a lot of this as well, there's a lot of contradicting stuff out there saying, well, you don't need to eat pounds of animal protein. And I agree, you don't have to eat all animal protein. I know I gave a lot of examples. If you are vegan, you can zoom out and figure out other protein sources. I am more of a fan of organic grass-fed meats. I try to lean into that more. Um, You know, as far as food quality these days, there's a lot of, you know, questions about that. Yeah. And I have a lot of concerns, but it is really important for hormonal health, metabolism, energy, just overall keeping you full between your meals. So you're not in between meetings, going to the vending machine, Mm -hmm. looking for that next, you know, sugar treat to get your blood sugar back up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
You've kind of mentioned, and I know that this is going so fast. I just looked at the clock. I'm like, holy cow. Uh, We don't have a lot of time left, but I did want to say or ask you, you've kind of talked about health and like how you define health. How do you define health? Yeah. So I actually define health, although, you know, my specialty is sustainable fat loss and weight loss, and that's what I help clients with. I define health by a feeling and not a number on the scale. Yes, me too. Yeah. It's a Mm -hmm. feeling. And that's one of the things I love so much about your message is I know that you very much so lean into that too. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be a hundred pounds and be very unhealthy. I actually used to be that way. I was so Mm -hmm. very, very thin, very, very unhealthy. So it's not so much a number, it's a feeling. And it's a feeling you should strive for, not so much that number on the scale. So mm-hmm. that's how I define health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. So before we wrap this up, what are a few things that you feel like, okay, if you're just starting out or maybe you've been doing this for a while, what are a few things that you could do right now to create that feeling, to really up-level your health? Yeah. So number one, if you have been trapped in this chronic crash dieting, Mm -hmm. yo-yo dieting for even a year or two or longer, Mm -hmm. you can break that cycle. You can stop right now. You can start over. And I promise you, and not just me, there are several professionals out here that are going about things differently. Mm -hmm. We're trying to shake up the game a bit and we're teaching people how to reach their goals in a much healthier and sustainable way because living in misery to reach a goal is never worth it and impossible to maintain. And so if you're doing that, my number one piece of advice is to stop Mm. just Please. I mean, there's so many people you can reach out to. There's coaches, there's experts that's really there to help you. This is what they do. I know this is the work that we do. I mean, there's so many women as well and people that are determined to help ladies eat healthier and get on the right track. You know, if you're doing this on your own, I really think you know, taking a hard look at how much you're eating, doing a little research on BMR, TDEE, start getting a better understanding of those numbers. And most of the time, turning to your crash diet is not the resource you want to lean into because they're not even going to talk about that, these Mm -hmm. things to you. So looking outside of that, learn about that, log your food for a week. How much are you eating? Mm -hmm. Really? Are you eating enough or are you not eating enough? But first you need to know your numbers. Yeah. And then if you're not eating enough with the tips I've even shared on this episode, start eating more healthy, whole foods start walking, start lifting weights. You can start small, one thing at a time and slowly build over time. Yeah, this is so helpful. I'm so glad you came on the show to talk about this and to share your wealth of wisdom. I would love to inform people about your services and where they can learn more about you. So can you please share all of that information with them and how they can work with you? Yeah. So thank you so much. I've sincerely enjoyed our time today. I feel like it's went by so fast. Uh, so fast, like in a blink. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can always find me on Instagram, Ashley underscore Fillmore One. My company's name is Metabolic Fix, and I specialize in helping women heal their metabolism, balance their hormones so they can become the healthiest happiest version of themselves. And I have a podcast named Cheers to Your Success. And this is where I do a deep dive in all things related to hormones, metabolism, reverse dieting, metabolic damage, mindset, 
with a sprinkle of real life and mom life and, you know, all of those fun things too. But yeah, those would be the places, my website, um, you know, my, my company's name's Metabolic Fix, Instagram, and my podcast, I'm there weekly. Perfect. Well, I will link all of that up in the show notes and I would highly recommend you check out Ashley's work. It is incredible. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Ashley was a wealth of knowledge and I'm sure you learned a thing or two. And I would highly encourage you to go check out her work at purefitstudio.com. And if you need one-on-one help, Ashley is a great resource. I know I get requests a lot of times to do one-on-one work, but I am currently full and not taking any more clients. So this could be a great option and someone I would really recommend if you want to dive in deeper. Now, if you want more of a overview, a larger class, a workshop to do some basics, don't forget I have that psychology of eating workshop that's coming up really soon. We're going to dive into things like understanding pleasure and desire, how to create and use both of those things to drive healthy action, the mind-body connection and how your body is responding to your mind, but how to help both things changing your mind so that you can actually do the things that you want, breaking up with cravings and addictions, and really just creating a lifestyle of health through understanding energy and the psychology of eating. If you want to learn more about that, head on over to thelivingwell.com. Check out that class that's coming up right there on the homepage. And don't forget to sign up for the weekly fill where you can learn more about the upcoming offerings that I have to share where we can go deeper into health and nutrition and seeing the whole of who you are, making it personal for you. So check that out at The Living Well. Don't forget to check out Ashley's work over at Ashcom. I'll be back here next week with another interview. We're going to dive into headaches. I'll see you soon.